You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. My name is Ephraim Guzman, and my co-host today is Josh from the Schmoes No Movie Show, because he's too sweet and he can't be beat. How you doing, Josh? What's going on, man? I like that. It makes me sound like Cassius Clay or something. Yeah, you too hot to handle and too cold to hold. The man, the myth, the legend, set from the ancient heaven. Oh, look at that. There you go. <laughs> so how, you, how you doing this evening? Good, man. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm looking forward to talking some movies, some guys jumping out of planes with cars, and it's probably raining money plus cars over there because they're making so much dough. Yeah, yeah, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that are happening in the news, movie wise, and you know, some certain things just came out right now in the movie talk with um Star Trek Beyond. It already has a release date in 2016, I believe, is in July. Um, I don't know any any storylines as of yet, but um, what's your take on that? Like the the title, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I just I didn't even hear about that. That's the actual title. I knew they got confirmed for next year. And Justin Lin, who actually directed the last four Fast and Furious movies, is taken over for director because J.J. Abrams kind of jumped ship and decided to go do Star Wars. I mean, can you blame him? Star Wars has always been the coolest thing in Star Trek, but uh, I think, you know, the first Star Trek movie was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great reboot for the franchise. I think a lot of people felt a little disappointed with part two. Uh, a lot of it felt like it was trying to... The great thing was they rebooted the franchise by resetting the whole time universe. They basically, like, did time travel, and so kind of like X-Men's Day Future Path. They yeah. basically wiped out the history of Star Trek so they could do it all over again in a new, exciting way. But then when it came into darkness, they kind of just remade Wrath of Khan, but with a different spin on it. And I think a lot of people were kind of disappointed with that because Wrath of Khan is the Star Trek movie. Um... So I'm hoping in part three they kind of do something new, something that has it, doesn't feel like a rehash of an older film. And I do think it was good that Just Warren's come in because this guy has literally been nothing but Fast and Furious movies. And don't get me wrong, they're really good movies. But as a director, I feel like he must just be tired of doing that same thing. So I think he's happy to trade in cars or spaceships. And I think he's a great director, especially when it comes to action. So I'm actually really looking forward to it, man. And I think the whole cast is coming back, so... Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, especially about the casting of Indris Elba. It brings a lot of like mystery and like you know, automatically I'm assuming he's a Klingon, but I guess that's not. I know, right? Yeah, you know, say you you get a yeah, you get a black guy, or it's gonna be a Klingon, like you know what I'm saying? But you know, saying probably not, probably not. But um, I'm just curious about um how the storyline is gonna be, and I I think I definitely would see them doing their own. Direction instead of you know using material from the old show or this you know the movies the past movies it definitely to to keep it fresh you got to keep it you know it has to be an original story and no more time travel stuff you know it definitely has to be something original. And I know in the last two movies, like the first movie, I love how they integrated Spock. You know, Leonard Nimoy shows up and he kind of guides Spock. And then part two, they kind of did this cheap thing where. Instead of, like, you know, the story resolve, resolving or, like, Spock figuring something out, mm-hmm. they literally just, like, fast, spent, dialed. Spock was like, yo, who is this guy? And yeah. he kind of, like, just told them everything they needed to know. And it was kind of a cheap, it was kind of a cheap way to screenwrite 
know, a solution in a movie. And unfortunately, Leonard Nimoy, you know, has passed away, so we know it's not going to show up for this one. Um, I just hope they come up with a better story, and like you said, you know, don't rehash anything they've done before. Just do something totally different. You reset the scale, you reset the timeline, just do your own thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure they'll, like, I don't know if they're going to acknowledge the character of Spock passing, but um, it'll be kind of cool if they say we don't have connection to New Vulcan or something no more. But, you know, or not even that. You don't even have to include Spock. Just put, you know, in memory. I'm sure they're definitely going to put in memory of Leonard Nimoy. But, um, I'm definitely, yeah, yeah I'm definitely. I don't think they need to. You don't think they need to put in memory of Leonard Nimoy? No, yeah, because, again, like, you know, he's barely, he showed up for 10 seconds in part two. Yeah. And a lot of people complained about it. Uh... You know, they re- this is a reboot, man. Just, you know, you have the new guy playing Spock. Just go do your own thing. Don't worry about the past movies. Yeah, no, I know, but I think just a little bit of a tribute to him. You're right, not not the character-wise, but, you know, just in memory of never, Leonard Nimoy, because the first movie, without Leonard Nimoy in that picture, I don't think it would have been what it is today. You know, like, he was, you know, basically his plot, his plot, his storyline was the most important part of that movie, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Just out of respect for him, I guess, you know? Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll tell a little Shatner in this time. <laughs> I know, I'm sure now he's, like, upset that he didn't even, you know, wanted to yeah. do the first one. But, you know, let's see what happens in the future. Um, yeah. um, um Daredevil Season 2 is has been renewed for a second season now. But Stephen Knight as the showrunner, is not going to be involved in the Season 2 because due to prior commitments that he has going on. But um, so far, I know you've been watching um, the first season of Daredevil. What's your take on that? I love it. I mean, it's exactly what I wanted a Marvel show to be since I heard Marvel was going to make TV shows. I started Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I kind of fell off after about five episodes in. Yeah. Um, I picked up back again right around Winter Soldier came out because there were some tie-ins. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just can't get into the show. It feels like an ABC family show. Like, the production at time just feels fake to me. Um, I, so I'm not saying it's a horrible show. It's just not what I wanted from a Marvel show. Yeah. This Daredevil is everything I've wanted from Marvel show. It's shot beautifully. It almost looks like shot like a film. It's very dark. It's pretty. I mean, some of the stuff they do here you can't put on basic cable. Well, maybe it's something like FX or AMC you could get away with it, but yeah. definitely not on ABC. Yeah. So I think it's one of the, I think it's the best thing Marvel's done on television by far. Even though I did like Agent Carter, mm-hmm. but again, you, when you're on one of the main cable channels, you're, you're, you're restrained in how hard you can push the envelope when it comes to action and just like adult themes. Yeah. So yeah, I love I love the first season. I can't wait for season two. I have one episode left on this first season, which I'll probably finish tonight. And I, I mean, bring on the rest. And I say bring out the bring out the Punisher because this Netflix is like it's made for a Punisher series. The way they can push envelopes is great. Yeah, definitely. The cast is amazing. Charlie Cox, you know, brings yep. the essence of Matt Murdock. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, what can I say about Vincent D'Onofrio that no one has said before? Um, he's an amazing Wilson Fisk. Like, you know, I already had this preconceived notion in my mind of how Wilson Fisk would be, but I didn't think it would be the way Vincent played him, and he played him brilliantly. Like, you know, you have compassion for him, and, you know, you know, he's like, you know, he's like the the... The way a villain should be like, you have compassion for a villain, because a lot of villains are usually not villains. They turn out, they're good, who end up becoming villains, you know, but they don't think they're doing wrong. They think they're helping, but I think he has... Yeah, they added so many layers to Kingpin that I never really thought he had in the comics. Yeah. No, yeah. he's just kind of 
guy who was like a kingpin of crime, and he never really had much of a character outside of being a crime lord. Uh, but this season did a great job of really flushing out his character with flashbacks, and he's vulnerable. You never really saw a vulnerable kingpin before, and that's what I really liked about him. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, especially and then the other cast, um, Eldon Henson as Foggy Nelson. I thought he was perfect. You know, at first I saw the him. Cast like, all around is perfect. In my opinion. I can't think of one miscue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, everybody, all the actors they got for that show, it's amazing, and I'm glad they're signed up for season two. Makes me excited about AKA Jessica Jones and Christian Ritter coming out later in the fall. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I can't wait to see how these other shows turn out, and I can't wait for them to team up for the Defenders. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Um, also, the Batman vs. Superman trailer, Um, did you see it? Yeah, I actually went to the special IMAX screening last night in uh, Burbank here, California. You, you lucky uh, bastard. Really cool. oh, oh, so yeah, you got, it was, so you it's, got, uh, it's basically the same trailer you saw online, but you got to see an IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. They played it for twice. Uh, there's an introduction from Zack Snyder thanking the audience, and they showed one extra scene at the very end of, like, Batman and Superman, like, running toward each other, about, like, looks like Batman's about to tackle Superman, it looks like Superman's about to punch Batman, but it cuts black before they showed them, like, actually hit each other. Yeah. And we got some cool posters, we each got, like, a Batman and Superman mini poster. The best thing about it was we received tickets to see the movie a week early at the same theater that we saw the trailer at, so... Nine months from now, I will be seeing Batman Superman. <laughs> you know, a week before everybody else. So that's gonna be pretty awesome. Oh, so you're already starting the countdown now, right? Seriously, I can't. You know, I can't wait to brag about it. Oh. Half my friends have already seen it, Avengers: Age of Ultron. I haven't seen it yet. Almost everyone I know has seen it. So when Batman comes out, I'll be like, I saw it. You guys did it. Ha. Yeah, especially you'll see it a week earlier though. But um, um, how did you like? Was it um the trailer in IMAX? What's that? It was in IMAX. Yeah, it was an IMAX. How did it look? I mean, it looks great. I mean, listen, Zack Snyder knows how to film action, and he knows how to make every shot look beautiful. The only thing I'm worried about is I I really did like Man Steel. I understand it has the problem. Yeah. But. Um, I felt like Christopher Nolan's presence was definitely felt on that film, and I felt like Zack Snyder was restrained a bit. You know, the film, when you first saw the trailer for Man of Steel, it did not look like a Zack Snyder did. Yeah. It felt, it looked, it looked like there's something different. Yeah. Uh, the worry I have is seeing this trailer, while it looks really cool, it looks like a straight-up Zack Snyder 300-slash-Watchmen type movie. And I'm worried that, you know, without that Nolan presence, it kind of restrained him. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit style over substance, but I'm hoping that's not the case. But I, I do, I do have a few worries, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. Oh, I know. I hope so too. Like you know, they they showed. You know, I didn't see it at the movies, but you know, they have the gif of where you know you're saying where Superman and Batman were tackling. They, they looked like they were about to tackle each other, but um, well, it looked like Superman was going in for like a super punch, and Batman kind of looks like he puts his head down and is just going to try to tackle him because I don't think. Batman wants to do a punch fight with Superman, because I don't think he's going to win that fight. Yeah. Like, I don't even know, like, like honestly, if Superman was to hit Batman with one shot, he would just break his whole body and stuff like that, you know? Like, I, I just, I'm really, yeah, I'm really curious to see how they're going to make this work, because you watch Man of Steel, and you're just like, what the hell did Batman do to this guy? Exactly. He was just doing ridiculous things. You know, unless his suit is made out of kryptonite, but they didn't even explain kryptonite as of yet, as, as far as I know. But. That's what I'm saying. It was like atmosphere. It wasn't like, you know, a stone or anything. 
Yeah, like if you remember the cartoon where they had um World's Finest, you know, the Bruce Tim um Batman and Superman yeah, cartoon. I remember. Yeah, when you know I think Superman did like a little shoulder block on him and Batman just took out that little that little nugget of kryptonite and Superman just fell to his knees, you know? Yeah. I'm really curious if they do that this time around or how they're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. And then all, do something. You can't go one on one with them. I know. And so yeah, and Suicide Squad is filming right now as as we speak. Um, they had um, Jared Leto took a picture, and you see like that Joker look with the white suit and the green hair. You know, I don't know if that's going to be the official costume, but it looks really good. You know, just different. It's yeah, different. I saw that. It was like him on set, and he's like showing somebody on his phone or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it looks pretty good to me. Um, you know, until I see, I, you know, I mean, we all kind of have, even if. Yeah. No, I can actually see him acting as Joker and see some how. Because when it comes to Joker, it's all about the mannerisms, it's all about the voice, it's all about the look. So I mean, anyone can guess what Joker's gonna look like, but just when we actually see him act as Joker, that's when it's really gonna be like, okay, is this yeah. gonna work or is it gonna fail? Yeah. I know, and then, you know, the, the whole cast, you have Will Smith, Margot Robbie, like, this, the whole cast is amazing, like, you know, like, the storyline. Yeah, Jack Courtney. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I will say, I was more excited when Tom Hardy was on board. Yeah. But, we'll see how it works out without him. I still think, you know, in fact, you got the Joker and all these other guys. It, I think Joker's going to be a very small part of the film. Will Smith is obviously, well, so Will Smith doesn't sign a movie, and I'm just moving that much. He's kind of the star of the movie. Yeah. been watching the DC small screen universe with the Flash and Arrow? No, I haven't. You know what? I never really, I tried getting Arrow like a year ago. Uh, Tiffany Smith was the one who told me I should check it out. Yeah. Uh, I started it. It wasn't bad. I just kind of fell off. Then I started the Flash and I kind of fell off. For some reason, CW, while they do, they do very good shows, especially with superheroes, they feel like CW shows to me. There's always that love interest. The lighting's always extra vibrant. Like it just feels has a CW vibe to it, which kind of turns me off for some reason. I know I'm probably pissing a lot of people off. I think. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, everybody's entitled to their opinions. You know what I'm saying? But if you honestly though, like I understand what you're saying, but if you see Arrow and you see the Flash, totally different lightings, totally different. You know, say yeah. it's night and day with the I show. Understand. You know? But each one is about a guy. Who Likes girls who doesn't know that they like her. Or <laughs> <laughs> secretly likes her. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I tell you, it's. I, I, I'll, I'll give them a chance eventually. I just, uh, I did too many TV shows right there, out right now. Like, Daredevil to me is better than both of those shows, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I'm saying Daredevil was amazing. You know what I'm saying? The the only thing about it is, you know, is you when you binge watch it, it's like you're done. You have to wait a whole year for it. But you know, so in a way, I, I kind of like my shows like that because you can pick and choose when you want to watch the episodes. You know, I'm saying, you know, with TV every other week is good too. You can always DVR each episode and just watch it in one shot. But you know, there's a lot of you know, there's the internet and there's spoilers and there's friends who might spoiler for you. So it's like you know, you got to definitely keep up. You know, keep up with it. 
But um, yeah. But like you say, like Daredevil is probably one of the best superhero shows I honestly have seen in a while. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not taking nothing away from like The Flash and Arrow or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I enjoyed myself with Matt Murdock. Like, this dude is, you know, he's a superhero that can freaking get hurt. You know what I'm saying? All these superheroes you see, like, they're tough, they got money or whatever. He's like, you know, an average Joe, you know? Yeah, plus, like I said, it feels more adult. It just feels like a more mature take on a superhero, and that's what I really like about it. I like, you know, I feel like the movie takes place in real life, not CW Network. Yeah. Um. What about um the DC animation? They have the Justice League's Gods and Monsters coming out. That looks pretty. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that, but it looks awesome. Yeah, I think all those DC shows, uh, the movies. I mean, the last one I watched was the uh, what's the one with uh, Aquaman? I think it was called uh something Atlantis. It came out not too long ago. Can't remember the name now. Yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. Was it was kind it? of like the reboot of Aquaman, and uh, it was really good. Like, I liked the Batman one. Um, I dig them, man. I think they're, they're really kind of, again, they're mature. They're, they don't feel like kids movies. They really are made for adults and complicated. That's what I like about them. Yeah. I know, I think that's the only thing that Marvel has failed on is the animation department because there are cartoons, like on for DVD and the cartoons that's on um, Disney XD, I personally think it's horrible. I just love the introduction of like different characters from the Marvel Universe, but I just don't like that whole kitty, hokey, you know. Yeah, I totally understand that, yeah. You know, Earth's they have, like, They've had some decent ones in the past, like Hulk vs. Thor and Wolverine is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... DC definitely got to be on the end. Yeah. Whereas Marvel has to be on the movie end, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, who knows? Like, you know, with the, their, um, with the DC Cinematic Universe movie slate they have coming up, um, right now is like Batman versus Superman is like, let's see how good this movie does. And, and then from there, Suicide Squad. But, you know, I think DC is going to make a... a make a huge comeback, you know, I'm still a Marvel head, but, you know, D- I'm right up there with DC, because, you know, as long as we have superhero movies in the movie theaters, you know, er- every nerd, geek, or geek chic fan is happy, you know? Yeah, listen, you know, DC's doing a smart thing, but it's been something totally different than Marvel. You look at the trailer for Batman, it looks nothing like any of the Marvel films. Marvel films are definitely going for a more lighter tone. Yeah. Uh, there's jokes in there, you know, DC is definitely going for that more mature kind of dark vibe and I think it's smart because it's kind of programming if they're trying to do the same thing as Marvel I just don't think it would work out as well yeah the only thing the thing with Marvel is I think what what worked for Marvel since um, at that time Sony had Spider-Man is they worked with you know, without using Spider-Man, they worked with uh, Obscure Hero at the time, because honestly, nobody really knew who Iron Man was, like, everybody knew Iron Man, but, you know, they didn't really think he could carry a movie like that, you know, so they had different characters that they definitely worked with, and, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, you know, but, you know, DC, the main heroes, the main heroes, the holy trinity of, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, and, and Superman, and, you know, it's like, you know, you won't see a Martian Manhunter movie or anything like that, you know, but, you know, like, putting them, all, you know, I think you know, a lot of people said is, is, you know, it's not a smart idea putting them all together, but having all of them in the DC movie to introduce them is probably the best bet to catch up to Marvel, you know, just have everybody in one movie, and then you branch them all out, you know, I think that's what they're going to do. Well, you got to remember, Marvel is its own studio. They're not partnered with anybody. Like, uh, DC is partnered with Warner Brothers. Yeah. Warner Brothers owns DC. 
That's yeah. a whole movie studio that's just like making their movies. Marvel yeah. is their own payroll studio. They don't answer to anybody except for themselves. So yeah. in order to do that, though, they had to sell off their big, their big names like Spider-Man, the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, even the smaller ones, Daredevil, they sold off Blade, they sold off Punisher. Now, they finally got Punisher and Daredevil back, but just, I highly doubt they're ever going to get um, X-Men back, because Fox is not going to let that go. It's a miracle to me that they got Spider-Man back. Mm-hmm. I, Sony just messed that up so bad, they had to come up with a deal. Yeah. So, that was just amazing. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen with... X-Men or who knows, the Fantastic Four, if this new movie doesn't do good, there's a chance maybe one day Marvel will get them back, but, you know, studios, they don't want to give up these properties because they're guaranteed money. It's all about, it's all about having a property now being Hollywood. Yeah, but... It's not but, about so much. It's about having a built-in property. Yeah, but isn't, isn't Hulk... Yeah, but they can't do a Hulk movie by itself, right? Because it's still, um, Universal has the um, distribution rights. Yeah. Yeah, Paramount had a deal with them, and, I mean, if you watch, like, the old, you watch the first, um, couple Marvel movies, there's a Paramount, they had partners with Paramount for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it took a while to, you know, when they made those contracts, they had certain deals where, you know, you gotta make this, you gotta make that, so many years. I'm not, yeah, but apparently, Mark Russell just said that recently, that the whole movie can't be made without Paramount. But I kind of, you know what, that's fine, because... It almost gives Avengers that extra oomph because, yeah, you see all these other guys in their own movies like Thor, Captain America. It's kind of cool knowing you're only going to see the Hulk basically in Avengers. It gives yeah. it a little something that you can't see in any other films. Yeah, but if, I'm saying, but, you know, but having the Hulk alone, even like, you know, because he's basically was a, was a loner. Like, that's his whole shtick right there, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, just like a Spider-Man or something like that. You know, because even the Edward Norton movie, I thought was, you know, even though it's like... I don't say I wouldn't say he's like the bastard stepchild of the Marvel movies, but you know, say I thought it was I thought it was an excellent movie, an excellent you know reboot, and you know, like seeing the Hulk by himself, and you know, that all of a sudden, like you know, at the end of the movie, he knows how to master the control, you know, control the Hulk. Now it's just you know, I, I would I would have loved to see more of the Hulk alone, and who knows where you know you would have had good Hulk villains like the leader or you know obscure Hulk villains that he could have fought alone, but. You know, ho- hopefully one day it'll happen if they can work on some kind of an arrangement, you know, because he definitely has to do a yeah. movie alone, you know? Like, don't get me wrong, I was like, maybe, there's a, maybe it's time sensitive, maybe they're just waiting for the contract to sign, so yeah. they can make the movie. I don't know what the details are, but listen, if they're making a Hulk movie, I, I think everyone's going to go see it after the two Avenger films come out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so let's talk about um, Furious 7. Um, well, what's, it, what's it doing in the box office? Do you know offhand? I mean, it's destroying. <laughs> it's just <laughs> absolutely phenomenal how much money this movie's making. Uh, it opens with like $140 million opening weekend, which is more than anybody thought it was going to make. Uh, so far, it's made over $850 million worldwide. It's already over a billion dollars. I think it's at like $1.1 or $1.3 billion internationally, like total, domestic, everything. Uh, it's, it's right up there now with Avengers, Avatar, Titanic, and I believe one of the Harry Potter movies. Last Harry Potter film. It's in the Billion Dollar Club, and it's just, until Avengers comes out in a week or so, it's just going to keep doing monster business. Um, I don't think Paramount expected to make it, for it to make this much money, because none of the past few films have come close. 
Paul Walker's death, it was pushed back. Um, I think maybe because of that extra year weight, people are just starving to the past series. And, I mean, the fact that Paul Walker is his last film, I think a lot of people wanted to support the movie just as a goodbye to the actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of different factors, but I don't think anybody... If you ask anybody working in the movie industry, I don't think anybody expected to make this much money. So, I mean, you know, Paramount is just loving life right now. Do you think it has to attribute to the Paul Walker fans because they wanted to see his last film before he died? I think, yeah, I think a small degree does, but I don't. I don't know if it's enough to say why it's made this big of a jump. I think each movie just. I mean, this movie alone has made more than the last three. Three uh, or seven of the past three films have made combined internationally. I, I really, it's just, I really can't really explain it. I don't know how it's making this much money. It's just. I think it's, I think he's just riding, it's riding a wave of just success. Every, every movie has gotten better, it's made more money. And just kind of like the, you know, it's like a, the first Avengers movie is one of the all-time most successful films. But it, the reason why it made that much money is because you had Iron Man, you had First Avenger, you had Thor. You built up the fan base until the Avengers came out. Fast and Furious kind of the same thing, but in the same franchise. Every movie was just gotten more and more liked, more and more people saw it, to the point where when this one came out, everyone's a fan of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty uh, phenomenal. I, I think there's going to be a lot more of them, because no studio's going to say no to that kind of money. Yeah, do you feel like out of, you know, it's like, you know, how they say, do you feel out of respect since Paul Walker passed away, they should just leave the franchise alone? But I guess money talks and bullshit walks, right? So there'll definitely be more sequels. Exactly. I mean, they left, the way they ended it, if this was the last movie in the series, I think it would be a fine ending. I think the way it ended is like, okay, that's it. No more. But, you know, if they are going to do it, I think they're going to take it a much different direction. Look at the, you gotta, you almost gotta look at it as a trilogy, these last three movies. Um, the part five, they brought the team together. Part six, they lost a member of the team. Part, you know, end of part six, they lost another member of the team. Paul Walker's gone. Half the people who've been in the last three films are, you know, either deceased in real life or deceased in the film. So you kinda have to start going in a new direction because you got Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, then all you really got is Luna and Tyrese. Yeah. I mean, so, whatever they do with the next film, there's rumors that there's three more. They're going to do another trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Vin Diesel, kind of like what they do with Expendables, how they're bringing in like a new team. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they just brought in like a lot of new, a lot of new people, younger people, that have to be trained by the new, you know, the old school Fast Furious guys. Uh, again, this is me just spitballing, but something like that's going to happen. Because they got to do something to keep this franchise going. Yeah, I know there's rumors talking about um, Eva, um, Eva Mendez as um, Agent Monica Fuentes coming back. Um, Lucas Black as, as Sean from Tokyo Drift would be, a, I think... A, yeah, it was cool to see him show up. I was surprised. When I first heard he was coming into the film, I thought he was going to have a larger role. He yeah. literally was there for one thing. Yeah, and the thing is, you know what's funny? He looks the same. He has the same haircut, the same shirt. Like, he looks yeah, the he same. Looks pretty much. Yeah, you know, they they use stock footage of Bow Wow and everything, but, you know what I'm saying, I thought yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean Boswell looked the same. He has not changed at all. Yeah. You know, did you like the whole yeah. storyline for um, Furious 7? I mean, I, there wasn't much of a storyline. <laughs> yeah, 
I try to be. Okay. Tr- I'm not going into these movies for a great story. I'm going in <laughs> for great stepping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was action from beginning to end. I loved like the whole <laughs> setup, the whole movie. And the action was well shot. You know. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was just pure popcorn entertainment. Yeah. And that's all I want for these movies. I'm not looking for emotional, you know, even though the ending was emotional. But yeah. I'm not well. looking for, like, deep characters or, you know, great, crazy plot points. I just want the cars, explosions, and some cool stuff. That's Let me ask you a question. Um, 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 did you tear at the end? No, I didn't, but I definitely felt the emotions. Yeah. Uh, I'm not an easy guy to cry in the movies, but, <laughs> um, no, I think guys, but yeah, I definitely felt, I felt genuine, you know? That's yeah. the one thing. When, sometimes when something like this happens, you wonder if it's going to feel genuine, if it's going to feel creative in there. But I genuinely felt sad, and, you know, you can't, you know, for everything I hear from people that have known Paul Walker or met him, or people that have worked with him, everyone says the same thing. He was like the nicest guy. Yeah. So, even though he's died over a year ago, anytime, you know, whenever you get reminded of just how sad it is to lose somebody, not just that young, but that, you know, somebody that was that good of a person. That's what made it really kind of stick out. I know. Well, you know what I what, what I tell people about the Fast and the Furious movies or the Furious Seven movies? I tell them it's like the Minority Avengers. You know, they just deal. Their superpowers are their cars. You know, and you know. Yeah, I mean they are superheroes at this point. Yeah, I know because you know, say because you know what I like about it is every, there's is a multicultural cast. You know, um, uh-huh. everybody has their own niche. And the, you know, you have Tyrese who's the Joker. You have Tej Ludacris who's like the, the the you know the the Wiz. You know, Vin Diesel is like the muscle. You know, he's he's, he's like the main dude. You know, um, Dominic Toretto. You know, what I'm saying what bugs me out is it, you know it's fight. It's a popcorn movie, you're right. But Dominic Toretto could beat up a Black Ops. You know, like Ian Shaw. You know, Deckard Shaw in the movie, I'm sorry. Like, how, it, 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 like, it, it just boggles my mind. Like, you know, he went from Street Racer to a guy who, yeah. the, you know, Kurt Russell's character needs help with. Like, it, 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 it's funny, though. Like, you know, you watch it, it's but... because Vin Diesel's a star. Because when I saw Fast Five, I was like, no way The Rock is going to lose to Vin Diesel. Yeah. But then, <laughs> then people were like, no way. He, I was like, Transporter would kick you through the Exactly. So this... That's the kind of thing you have to just like, you know, you know what, it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. and the Diesel's the star of the movie, he's a producer. Of course he's going to make himself, you know, win. Yeah. So, yeah, there are times where I'm like, okay, come on. Like, the Rock and State of Fight, that was a good fight. Yeah. One guy had speed and skill, that was just pure force. I, I really enjoyed that fight. I felt like, you know, the Vin Diesel fight, he, he, he's not known for being a great fighter, so... When you see a kid see them in all these movies, this dude is just ass-kicking everywhere. Yeah. So, you bring that with you to the movie, and you think to yourself, there's no way that he's almost getting a chance to get this guy, but, again, this is one of those movies you have to turn your brain off and just go with it. Yeah, I like the funny part where Vin Diesel, well, Dominic Toretto did the Hulk smash, you know, on the, on the street, and he fell to the floor. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He just did it like... <laughs> He's like, one thing about the streets, the streets always win, or something like that. I forgot what was the line. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this is perfect. You know, people say it's unbelievable, but was it believable when he caught Michelle Rodriguez in air and, from the tank and then landed on the back of a windshield oh, yeah. and not got hurt, you know? And the most unbelievable... That's the guy that was, I didn't understand about the ending was, like, yeah, he falls, like, two stories in his car, <laughs> and he's, like, almost dead, and everyone's crying. Yeah. yeah. Earlier in the movie, he rolled down a goddamn mountain. Yup. 
and he was fine. I probably still had, after seeing him mounting, I'd be like, oh, he's fine. Yeah. Concrete's on the car, he's good. Oh, how about um, Michelle Rodriguez's character of Letty Ortiz, who takes out two MMA fighters in two mo- two different movies? You know, a bodyguard, yeah, Ronda Rousey, and then uh, uh, what what was um, Gina Carano's character was uh, like a, a agent, and she's a street fighter, yep. and the street fighter is competing with the bodyguards, who's uh, who's a bodyguard for the queen, especially Ronda Rousey. Like, you definitely have to take your suspension of disbelief. But hey, like you know, what I'm saying I enjoyed it, man. It, I thought it was a hell of a movie. I wish Gia Carano came back and fought Ronda Rousey. That would be a cool fight. Yes, because that's probably the only time you'll ever see them fight is in the freaking movie. You probably won't see that. Exactly. You definitely won't see it happen in UFC, though, but... I don't know, Ronda Rousey, like, she definitely needs to improve on her acting, you know what I'm saying? But I think more the more movies she does, yeah. I think she'll definitely it's improve. It's not casting. It's not, you know... Yeah. You don't watch them to act. You're just watching them to do what they do. Yeah. I know, but yeah, but I know she's. She, I, think, I think she's doing more movies now too. But I think because I think she's a smart girl, thinking about you know, you know, she's not going to do UFC forever because she's knocking out the competition. There's not really a lot of competition out there, so you know, you might as well just do movies. You know, especially doing. She was a very good actor in that either. Yeah, I know she she was she was bad. She was bad, but I'm saying I, I think she'll improve with time. Like Gina Carano's movie, they didn't even use her voice for um. What was that movie she did? Haywire? Oh, yeah, for Haywire? Yeah. She didn't even, she didn't even use her voice. It wasn't even her voice. Yeah, I know. You know, I don't know why. She might have more straight DVD movies, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting back to Furious 7, though, um, the whole movie itself, you know, um, from the first movie to this movie now, like, I wouldn't say... You know, say I think people saying it's better because Paul Walker, the whole scene with Paul Walker to me, like, to me, that scene, the whole emotional scene, seeing him in the beach playing with his kid, that made the movie right up there. Besides the fight with um, Deckard Shaw and um, Hobbs, you know, um, that scene with Paul Walker, that last scene to me was like the nail biter of the movie. I think that's why the movie made so much money. Like they, everybody was curious to see how Brian O'Connor was going to exit, and I thought it was a classy. Like I was like, damn, are they going to kill him off in the movie? Like at first, I thought they were going to kill him. I, I, like I already knew they weren't going to kill him off, but if I if I didn't read stuff online, like the explosion in the house and his face hitting the windshield, I was like, oh, they he's going to get plastic surgery or something so they could get a different actor. You know, so like I already had that stuff in my head. You know, but. I thought that was, like, the best exit for a character. You know, he died in real life, but that was, like, the best, ex- you know, exit for a character. What's your take on that last emotional final scene? Yeah, I'm glad they didn't kill him off, you know. I'm glad they just, they ended him with a happy life with family, kids, you know. They, they could have easily just done the whole death thing and, you know, made it easier for themselves to write him off by killing him off. But I'm glad that, you know, they did justice his character. Everybody wants to, you know, even if it's just a movie, we want to see him live on. We want to see him, you know, fulfill his life. It, it has to be the movie. It's the way contrast with happening in real life. You didn't get to do that. So why not let him do it in the movie? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, the whole storyline of God's Eye, um, Kurt Russell's character. I forgot what was his name in the in the movie. Uh, do you really recall his name? I don't. Yeah, don't, well, he, he was he was a good sharpshooter. Like Kurt Russell's always Kurt Russell to me, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, I don't care what they call him. I don't know, the thing is, too, like, his hair, he's not losing his hair at all. He still has that snake plissken <laughs> hair. He's not losing his hair at all. Sure. No receding hairline, no anything. Yeah. I mean, he's, he was kind of like the Bruce Wolf character for Expendables. He's just there to, like, move the plot forward. 
plot in this movie is pretty ridiculous. Like, they're trying to find the god die so they yeah. can get Jason Tatum. So they can find Jason Tatum. But they don't really need it because Jason Tatum shows up in everything they do. So yeah. it didn't really make much sense to me. But, again, I don't go to this movie for a plot and for it to make sense all the time. I just go to be entertained. I know. How did you like the fight scene with Tony Jaa versus Brian O'Connor? <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, was, I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is actually the bus scene where they're trying to take that bus down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole set piece, I think, it might be one of the best set pieces in this whole trilogy. Or the, not trilogy, the whole franchise. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was amazing, and I thought, man, that's... If I left right now, I feel like I would have got my money's worth. So. And I love the whole scene with him and Paul Walker in the train, or the bus, as it's going over. He locks him, and he says, too slow, and... Yeah, I love that whole thing. It's cool to see Tony John American film and doing something different. Uh, I used to love those off-box movies. Even though they're all kind of crazy, he's kind of a crazy dude, man. He's very skilled, and I'm glad they put his uh, talent to use in this movie. Yeah, how do you like Mr. Amistad in the movie? I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Mr. Amistad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy's awesome. I liked him in, uh, I just recently watched Michael Bay's The Island, which is a pretty good movie. And, uh, he's, I liked him in that movie, and I liked him in this movie. He's, you know, he's a paint-by-numbers villain. Yeah. I don't know exactly who he was. I really can't say anything about him. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> all right. That's oh. all you really needed. Oh, I definitely forgot to talk about, how about um, the parachuting cars and the cars going through buildings? How did you like that? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the whole set piece, I just went up to it, and that was funny how Tyrese, you know, didn't want to go. But I saw that in the trailer, so it didn't really, it was still funny, but because I saw the trailer, it wasn't as funny to me, but I just, yeah, I love that whole set piece. I think it's one of the best set pieces, from falling out of the plane, to landing, to taking down the bus, and machine guns taking cars out left and right, falling down mountains. It was just ridiculous fun. Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Oh, and everybody, no one has even mentioned this, the greatest cameo of all. You didn't catch that cameo? In which movie? On Furious 7. Seven, yeah. Oh, you're talking about Iggy Azalea? No, I'm not talking about Iggy Azalea, I'm talking about Hector. <laughs> Hector from Part 1. Hector from Part 1? Yeah, from Race Wars. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, yeah, he got yeah, pu- he got yeah. punched by Letty. Remember, he was in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, that was. I was glad to see him back. You know, I put out the fuck callbacks in the first film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right after that was Iggy Azalea, and that's why I was like, "What up?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the funny thing that guy's not really famous except for being a fast <laughs> Yeah. No, no. I'm saying you know, um, but, yeah. um, yeah. Um, um, what you call it? Um, Iggy as well, but yeah, I've seen Hector the movie. I was like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was definitely a major callback to the first one, especially race wars. Yeah, well, that's one thing the franchise always does good. You know, they always do a good job of, you know, building this universe and having people show up from all these older films. Like even Mendez showing up at the end of Part Four, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and the Part Five, she shows up at that credit scene. And uh, yeah, it's. I know. I know. You know what? You know one thing about this Furious franchise that's that's crazy. I don't think I don't know if it, a lot of people caught it. None of the villains have died in the movie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I thought Luke Evans died. Apparently, he survived. Um, yeah, Carter Verone is in jail. Um, the first villain from the first movie, Johnny Tran, is in jail. Um, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. I never saw that. Yeah, Braga's in jail. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think every 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 villain, and Shaw's now in jail, and um, his brothers, came, I'm sure he's going to come out of the coma. I'm telling you, it's going to be the Shaw brothers. Yeah. I see the Shaw brothers against Hobbs and um, Don. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's Shaw brothers. Yeah. I think of old school concert movies. You got um, um, Ian and Deckard Shaw against... um. Hobbs and um, Dominic Toretto. Like I can see his brother coming out of the coma. Come on, um, um, Steven Seagal did it in um, what was the movie? A um, Mark for Death. He had a coma. You know, yeah. got his hair cut. Started punching a a, yeah. a, a two by four with a string around it. You know, I, I, I see that happening. You know, people say, "Oh, but he fell off the plane." I'm like, "This is the Fast and the Furious. A car jumped to a building. He's gonna come back and get his brother out of jail." That's how I see it happening. I like how it ended with Jason Statham going to prison like that. Yeah. I don't want- I would love to see almost like a Hannibal Lecter type relationship where like in part 8 they need him to do a mission so they have to work with him but they can't really trust him <laughs> you know what I mean oh, I think yeah. that's a really fun way to bring him back and now him being the main villain but still being in there kind of like Magneto remember X-Men 2 where they had team up with Magneto yeah yeah greater evil but he's still kind of the bad guy oh. I think that would be a really fun thing to do with uh, Jason Statham <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that'd be kind of cool. I would love to see what would be the the um, MacGuffin device for them teaming up with Shaw. I have no idea, but <laughs> that would be epic. Yeah, though. I don't know. You know, but I'm curious again, like see who they bring in for the next one too. Yeah, like if if they could get um Eva Mendez back, like I don't know, she didn't really do much in the movie, and her association was with um Brian O'Connor character. It's tough though, because she was, I know she's such a big character. You know, her whole thing was. She had one story with Paul Walker. Yeah. That's what the whole story was with. Uh, it'd be kind of sad to see her back, not Paul Walker back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, like, you know, I always thought in my mind, like, Johnny Tran should come back after revenge or something like that. You know, like, he gets out of jail or something. But it's like, you know, you can't recycle the villains. I guess they got to come up with new villains, though. But, you know, like, either they find a new villain or Shaw gets his brother out of jail. Like, I don't, I'm making up these storylines in my head. I don't really know what's going to happen, though, but, um... Oh, like, this was the first one where they had a famous villain. All the villains in the past shows were just kind of, you know, nobody, nobody famous, really. They're all yeah. characters. Well, if, yeah, well, I... I, I was Kevin when yeah. he made that movie. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I mean, uh, but... Jason was the first one that was really the heavy hitter. So they don't really need to bring a big actor in for a villain, but yeah. it's cool if they did. Yeah, like, you know, you can, I know, I was going to say you can get Cole Hauser again, because I thought he was good as Carter Verone, but, like... Yeah, and Too Fast, Too Fast, a lot of people don't like Too Fast, Too Fast, but... I liked Cole it. Cole Hauser was pretty good in that movie. Yeah, like that whole bucket scene with the rat from the guy from um, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah, like, he, he was vicious. He was vicious in that movie, and, you know, he worked with Vin Diesel also in Pitch Black, remember? He was one of the... Um, yeah, he was one of the... Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but, um... Um, Furious 7, like, you know, it's right up there, and how much you said it's making right now? What's your facts at? Uh, it's made over $350 million in the U.S. and over 850 international. It's over a billion dollars, so it's making monster money. Wow, that's amazing. Um, um, you think it's going to hold, well, right now it's, it's what, it's the world record holder, right, for the, um, highest grossing opening weekend or something like that? No, the highest growth on the weekend for America is still Avengers 1. Wow, okay. It's made like 200 and like, over, a little bit over 200 million opening weekend. The first film that ever break 200 million opening weekend. Uh, this movie is definitely making its money worldwide. I think it's going to be the biggest opening worldwide.
life. But again, Avengers opens in two weeks, and we'll see what kind of money it pulls in. I think it's going to be insane. And then at the end of the year, we got Star Wars, which will probably destroy everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Star Wars, um, what's what's your take on the trailer? You saw? I'm 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 assuming you saw the trailer. Yeah, I'm I'm like everybody else. I loved it. I mean, what's not to love? It's 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 so cool to be excited for Star Wars again because it's been so long. Not since 1999 when the first Star Wars came out. Yeah. Has there been this much excitement? But then what happened was those movies turned out to be not very good, and everything is pointing in the direction that these movies are going to be awesome, and the fact that it's a sequel, not a prequel, we're actually going to see the characters that we first, you know, fell in love with. It makes it more, it makes it, you know, it makes it feel more Star Wars than even the prequels were. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, if you're not excited about this movie, I don't know if there's something wrong with you. I know, I know, and you know, Star Wars Celebration was a few weeks ago, and wow, what a, what an amazing turnout it was from you know seeing the trailer for Rebels and and Star Trek and seeing the actors and the cast, you know, amazing, yeah. amazing. You know, I, I, I didn't go there. Did you, you didn't go there as well, right? No, I was busy, but a lot of my friends went. The Schmoes, Mark Christian, uh, Kyle Upham, Ken, basically Chris Tucker, and everyone. Who's a Star Wars geek basically went. Now, I love Star Wars. I'm not as big as a uh, geek as most of my friends, but anyone that loves movies, you kind of got to love Star Wars because it's what the movies are all about. They're just great storytelling, special effects. You know, summer blockbuster aspects. Yeah, I know. The, the trailer was amazing. Seeing Han and Chewie at the end saying, you know, Han saying yeah. Chewie were home. That was the icebreaker right there. But, um, like, the whole, the, the ships, the, the the new Stormtrooper look, you know, the the, the ships, um, John Boyega in the Stormtrooper outfit, you know, everything, everything was, is, I'm just, I'm just excited, I'm just, I, I don't know what's going to happen, it's like, I'm trying to avoid spoilers, I really don't want to know what's going to happen, like, I actually want to see what happens, but it's kind of hard when you live in a digital age and everything is out there, your fingertips, and, you know, you have podcasts that talk about Star Wars, and, you know, you want to hear stuff that's going on, but... Um, I just, I just, the, 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 what I love about the mystery is you don't know what Luke Skywalker looks like, and I just hope they keep it that way all the way till December, but eventually when we get the final trailer, I'm sure we're going to see Luke, especially we just saw Han already, but I'm just, you know, I just have that mystery, does Luke have a beard, he don't have a beard, like, what does he look like? I, I think he's got to have a beard, because you seen all those photos of him during the shooting of the film. Yeah, with the beard, right? He's full, full on beard, yeah. I'd be surprised if he didn't have a beard when the movie came out. Yeah. And then, like, that same hairstyle he had in, like, uh, Return of the Jedi, like, that comb over to the side, you know? Yes, but he, he almost looks, he definitely is going for, like, Obi-Wan vibe with the beard and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, first take on the series. We've only had George Lucas produce the movies. This is the first one we're going to get where it's, like, you know, it's a first take on the franchise. It's something, you know, I think the series really needed after those prequels. You know, I think Lucas kind of proved that he was... Listen, eventually when you get old, you, you don't know what's cool <laughs> as much as you did when you were younger. And I think J.P. Abrams, uh, he's the right guy to kind of bring it to a new generation and make Star Wars cool again. Because the prequels didn't help. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, Did you see the Star Wars Rebels trailer? No, I didn't. I haven't. I don't. I've never watched any of the Star Wars, Clone Wars, or anything. So, like, I've, I've, I'm 
basically just movie guy. I've seen all the movies, but I have not gotten to any of the expanded universe as far as comics or TV shows. Oh, okay, and in the books, you don't follow the books, you only just watch the movies then, right? Basically the movies? Just the movies, man. Uh, there's so much little nuggets that you're definitely missing out on. You definitely got to catch up with Rebels, man, because, like, you That's know. That's what everyone tells me. I tried. I tried once, and it definitely feels like it's made for kids in mind. Yeah. But I hear it gets better as you go along. I just, I've got trouble, you know, keeping interest in it. I might give it a chance before this. I might try to get, I don't even know what's canon anymore. <laughs> the problem is they, they, they changed everything that was canon, so. Yeah. I gotta find out what's canon and what's not canon before I dive back in. Yeah. And the good thing is I have Christian Harloff who's basically an encyclopedia. So yeah, that's, that's, what what about to, that, that's what I was about to say. You have Christian, so you know every, you'll have every answer you need about what's canon and what's what's legends. So you'll definitely have all that information there. But all I have to say is one, exactly. two words for you. Darth Vader is in season two, so you definitely need to watch season one of Rebels. Really? Yes. Oh, did I spoil something for you? I'm sure you you knew that already, you know. I I did. <laughs> oh, okay. So watch season one of Rebels, and you know, and then you. Here's why. Here's why I also know. I also know that it has Jar Jar in it because I saw two episodes of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, in the first season of Clone Wars, episode six was like all about Jar Jar Binks. So I was like, holy shit! I don't know if I can do it. Oh. But oh no no but you know um um what is it called um, there's there's a thing on Google right um I think I I got it from Christian because he has said it. Do you watch them all in order? Yes 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 and yep. then, and then you know you could avoid all the Jar Jar episodes pretty much and then you know <laughs> you could follow a structure and you know you could watch you know you pretty much you know just read the synopsis and you know what it's about but you know it's. So far, I only made it on because I don't really have enough time. I made it to like three episodes so far. Watching it like that, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, you know, because it, it's 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 a cohesive storyline. So it's pretty good, but it'll be too much for you to catch up on. But you know, you have until what is it? Um, December, right? Because that's when the movie comes out. You have yeah, I got to watch. It. Uh, the good thing is, I just rewatched the prequels, all three of them, just because I haven't watched them so long and. The first one's horrible. The second one's it's not good, but tolerable. The third one's actually not that bad. But what I'll do is I'll probably revisit the first original films. I'll revisit those right before Star Wars comes out, part seven comes out. And then maybe in between I'll catch up with the TV show if I can find my way to get through it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's, you know, I think somebody had asked me that, like, what should I watch first? I said, you know what, watch episode four, five, and six first, which is basically A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Then work your way to one, two, and three. Then if, then from there, if you want to watch the Clone Wars, and then, you, you know, watch Clone Wars, give it give it a whirl, and then watch Rebels. But if you just, like you said, like, you're the person who watches the movies, just watch the basically the movies. That's pretty much all you need. Like, you know, the cartoons and like the comics and the books are just like little icings on the cakes little nuggets you know basically and the comics like now they have like the dark horse comics as well so it's 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 a it's it's a lot of stuff you know what i'm saying a lot for one person to handle especially if you're watching Bates Motel or regular tv shows and you know movies and stuff it's a lot to follow especially when you know you got a life to live you know it's just so much things to watch yeah i totally agree you know, um, thanks a lot, Josh. Um, where can the fans find you at? Um, plug away your social media, plug away all your shows. Yeah, you 
Yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at SchmoesJTE. You can also follow me on Instagram, even though I don't use it very often, at SchmoesJTE. <laughs> I just started using Periscope, which is like this live feed kind of app. Yeah. Uh, really fun. It's a cool way to interact with fans. Uh, if you want some cool videos, I would check that out. At, same thing, at SchmoesJTE. Uh, I do a couple of shows. I have Box Office Breakdown, which I do every Sunday live. 
hear the, all the other shows on the Popcorn Network and the Schmoes Know, of course. And, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome, man. You're doing good things. And there's going to be big things, JTE and lights. So I, I see that coming in the future. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me on, man. No, no problem, Jate. Thank you very much, man. Have a good one. And that was Jatay from the Schmoes No Movie Show on the Atomic Podcast. Um, you can check me out on Facebook, and you can check me out on... We have a Twitter page that's run by my co-host. Um, and that's pretty much it, fans. I hope he was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices.